Well, hi everybody, I'm Larry Jacobs, and welcome to today's edition, January 24, 2024, of Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks so much for being with me today, and I want to tell you, I may have, may have a few coughs or sore throats, no lingering, you'll hear a cough drop clicking every so often, I got over COVID, which came back over the weekend, and, and then decided to settle itself in as a cold. Okay, and a sore throat, etc. So that's what I'm dealing with today, but I feel great. It's back. So all those podcasts that we canceled last week, this one being one of them, we, we, we we're rescheduling them all. I'm glad we got this one today. Today we're gonna to talk with we're gonna to have to with Montana. Okay. Uh from Maine to Montana, where I am, Maine to M and M state, M states. Okay. Talk to first grade teacher Jessica Hagman. Uh, she's doing ma- magnificent work in Victor, Montana, which is just south of Missoula. All right. We're going to talk about rural education today. How she's using ed tech to bring the world to her kids, and how beyond just bringing the world to the kids, she's using it to um, teach literacy. And Jessica's going to be a great guest. Okay. From again, from Victor, Montana public schools, and. Um, we're going to talk about this. The key thing is using the tools properly, learning literacy, using them to create great literacy and ideas and get the kids involved in education, okay, and thinking about what they're doing, and it's good. She wrote an article about this. Actually, I'll tell you the story where the whole thing started, okay, in eSchool in e- News. Okay, I have the article here on site. You might want to read it. She mentions many, many great uh, educational tools that are available, five or six terrific resources, and one of them is Discovery Ed, which, as everybody knows, are good friends of ours, that uh, that company, are good friends of ours here at Education Talk Radio. And so connecting in with Discovery, we put together this show with Jessica. And also we're bringing in there the person who handles Discovery in Montana, who's Allison Nyes. And Allison and Jess will both be here today and talk about how they put the program how they put discovery into all Montana schools, okay? All Montana schools can use it and why they should, okay? So it's it's going to be an interesting show. And I love working with the industry. Industry voice is extremely important. The industry really has to create the products that teachers need. Discovery is just one of the many great punk companies that does that, all right? And without listening to teachers and understanding what they need, they can't develop these products. So I, I do believe in industry voice, let the industry talk. Allison's here. Justice here on the uh, pedagogy side, so to speak. All right, so we'll do that. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org. That's our home website for American Consortium for Equity in Education. So please check it all out. Everything over there is free, ace-ed.org. You can hear me snuffle in here a little bit. And um, go over there. It's free. And our magazine is over there, Equity and Access, all lot, tons of information about equity and all that sort of stuff, stuff you might need. All of our podcasts are over there as well, so check it all out, ace-ed.org. Without further ado, it's enough of me blabbing here in Maine. Let's swing out to Montana. All right, Jess, good morning. It's Terry here. Morning. Glad. Thanks for having me on. So thank you for being here, Mademoiselle Teacher. I appreciate it. Okay? <laughs> I do really do. Okay, what, what it's, uh, let's see, what is it, 8.30 out there? It is. Yeah, a little bit past. How's the weather today in beautiful Montana? It is uh, snow-capped mountains, and ah. I can see the blue skies. So ah, perfect. It's beautiful right now. We haven't had blue skies for a while here in Maine. 
mostly gray these days for some silly reason, and we need some sunshine. So I envy the sunshine. Allison, are you there? I am. Thank Hi. you. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you. I actually live just about uh, 20 mile, 15, 20 miles from Jessica. So we're a great big state, and you happen to catch two people in the same area. There you go. Do you live in, my, in Missoula? Is that where you are? Um, I live actually further south than she does. I live oh. in Corvallis, Montana. I, you know, actually, it's funny. I was looking on a map today just to get my bearings on where you guys were. And I was going to ask, I saw Corvallis, but I know this is a Corvallis, Oregon. But this is Corvallis, yes, is. Montana. Yeah. There's, yep. Right? Yep. I'll be yep. Corvallis okay. is where OSU is. It's a big college town. Thank you. Yep. I did not in know Oregon. that. Yep. 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 Oh, I did know that. I did know that, but that's the Oregon one. Mm-hmm. Yep. My brain fog. My co- I can I, any mistakes I make, I can blame on brain fog. It's great. There, that's yeah. Over this one. Okay. Yeah. So it's, yes. that's good. Cor- Corvallis, the Oregon Ducks. Okay. Exactly. All right. What's Cor- now? Now that we're in the subject, before I get back to Victor, what's Corvallis, Montana, like? Uh, very rural. Um, and just like where Victor is, like I said, we're just a few miles apart, um, mm-hmm. but we are very rural. There's another school district, actually. Um, there's several school districts in our valley, um, and all are, are very rural. And um, as we always the say, bitter root valley. it, it the is the Bitterroot Valley. valley. Yep. I see what yep. I learned. Beautiful I learned. mountains yeah. and yeah. Yep. beautiful mountains and, and lots of land. Ah, sounds, it, does, it does sound beautiful. I know. Big sky country. What can I tell you? Jess, are you a native Montana? I am not. I was actually born and raised in Washington and then have spent most of my education career in uh, Oregon, on the Oregon coast. And then um, we just wow. moved to Montana a couple of years ago. Wow. So, That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. From the coast to the mountains. Huh? You got good taste. I got to tell you that. That's pretty cool. Allison, <laughs> I, I got to ask you, are you a native Montana? Um, I'm going to say yes and no. I actually was also born in Washington, but moved to Montana um, at age six. So I'm going to say no, I wasn't born oh, yeah. here, but I was totally raised here. So, so I, I, I know how old you are. So it's been 20 years now since you left Washington. Would that be correct? Oh, it's been a lot more than that. But yes. Oh, okay. I'm try, <laughs> trying to be uh, politically correct there. Okay, it's anyway, we just agree with Larry, okay? Remember, it's all COVID-based, COVID brain fog. Okay, it doesn't matter. Jess, before we get into this, I have to ask you a question. I read your article in these school news. I have it linked here. And you were a middle school teacher, okay? And now you For are a first while, grade yep. teacher. Yeah, in Victor. First grade yep. is a hard grade to teach, okay? And it because you're really getting – these unformed uh, blobs coming in, okay? And you, you're going to teach them to read and all this sort of stuff. And I remember that from my first grade experience. And, and middle school is very different from that, very different. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, so you were a middle school teacher and, and, and you were a first grade teacher. What was that transition like? Uh, that, 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 that's a big transition, in my opinion. It was a really big transition. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, the... Uh, just, you know, different expectations, Yeah. you know, and realizing, okay, I just have to adjust my expectations of where the kids are. And remember, you know, they're six and um, exactly. it, yeah. <laughs> they're six 
And uh, but I absolutely love first grade. They are so much fun. I laugh all day long with my kids. They are just the funnest group. So um, I, I actually think yeah. I prefer first grade than middle schoolers. They're a well, lot nicer. I, I, I think part of the reason they're so good is because of their teacher. I got to tell you. Okay, oh, it, you're doing. Yeah, I'm really mean it. You know, it, it, what? Well, the reflections bounce off each other. I, I, have, to, I have to say that. I, I was thinking that I remember when I was in first grade, I was a very sweet, nice kid. And by the time I got to middle school, I was really a sarcastic little dog. So I'm thinking, boy, that's a rough time on a teacher to go from one of those to the other. Okay, and I just had to ask the question. I'm glad you enjoy first grade. We need. We need great teachers teaching those foundational years, I got to tell you. And so I'm so glad you're doing it. What prompted you to write the article of these school news? I like it. That's cool. I love your article. Um, uh, well, I was asked by Allison if anybody was interested oh. in writing an article. And I said I would absolutely Allison, love to do that. That's you. been a, a life goal of mine to get published. And so, and I love oh. ed tech. It's something I've always been in, involved in in every district I've been in. So I was it was a fun little article for me to write and get going article. and, you know, share with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's true. And you know what I liked about it? And I, it it's uh, it's called five ed tech resources that support literacy. And I think that's a key word here in elementary school. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Being literate is what we're supposed to make people being literate citizens is what we're supposed to make people into. Okay, as educators, and uh, you know, it's all about literacy, reading, writing, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, you're right here. I'm just going to read. If students are invested in what they are reading, their passion for learning will grow. Hello. Okay, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And I want to make clear that you've mentioned other resources in here. And I'm actually going to mention them. You mentioned something you use called Epic and Vox or V O O K S. Okay, and you mentioned Discovery, which we're going to talk about today. Okay, and then also Storyline, Online, and, and, and ReadWorks. So this is not an infomercial today. We're going to talk a lot about <laughs> Discovery because I, I, they're good friends of mine, and I'm not, I'm not very happy about that. Okay, but I want you to, there's all sorts of things mentioned here, and it's really, really good, but I want to focus a little bit on the, on the Discovery stuff because you're really trying to make your kids literate and understand and you know, I live in Maine. I live in a small town in Maine, in southwestern Maine, all right, which is our middle of nowhere, or like your middle of nowhere, okay? And uh, it's important that the kids understand that there's a whole world out there, okay? They may not have access to it every day, but they do certainly virtually, okay? And to me, this is really, really important stuff, okay? So talk about, if, if, if you can, you, you're in a rural area, you you have resources at your disposal, okay? Why the ones you selected so helpful to you? And feel free to talk about discovery in that. I, th- I think it's just an important thing that you went through all this. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, Epic is a great resource just because it's uh, free. Um, the teachers and students are allowed to use it from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. And they have access yeah. to about 20,000 different books. And they have like oh, chapter right. books, audio books. They'll read to the kids. And so it's been fun using Epic. I've used that for a number of years. I'm an Epic ambassador, so I'm always like promoting yeah. Epic as well. Because it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great little program. And yep. it's just, 
Thanks. Yeah. And if, if districts want to, they can purchase more books, but they actually have about 40,000. I started using Epic when it was at about 10,000 books, and now it's up to 40,000 that they have online as a, a, as a resource. So it's been – it's pretty it's cool. amazing. Um, it's cool. But, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, books is really fun because it like animates the books. And so my kids really love seeing the characters move around on the pages. And then they provide books. some really nice, yeah, books. Books. Yeah. I get it. And Video books. I just, I just figured that out. Video books. <laughs> kids, I think it took me more time than the kids, but books, video books. Oh, they love it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they provide some really nice lesson plans to get kids talking about reading. And, and then, of course, Discovery Education, which I just love because they have so many resources, yeah, books is in there. Um, they have the virtual field trips. We took one um, where we got to um, learn about polar bears, and they actually got to see, like, polar bears in real life and how big they were. And, and the kids just thought they're like, they could not believe it. They're like, wow, that's just amazing. And uh, they also have um, something that they, my kids love. My kids love to play teacher. And so they have uh, these fix-it sentences. And so every morning when they walk in, I have a fix-it sentence, and they have to be the teacher, and they have to say, okay, you're the teacher. What did Mrs. Hageman do wrong? Ooh. She made a mistake. Ooh. And they just love doing that. They, they love playing teacher. So it's, they have, you know, not only books, but they have literacy resources, and they just have so much stuff. I mean, you could talk about Discovery Ed for a really long time with how many resources they have. We're going to. <laughs> <laughs> right, go ahead. And then Storyline Online is actually where um, actors read the stories. So you have some really famous actors reading aloud children's books and really? doing the voices. And, yeah, it's another really fun uh, resource that uh, my kids are like, oh, I know that actor. And and, and so it's really fun. Another way to just expose what, them. That, you know. Can you name one of the actors? Would we know? Would I know? Sean Austin. Sean okay. Austin from Lord of the Rings. Sam. He reads yeah, um, a bad yeah, case yeah. of stripes. Yep. Aston. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. He reads a bad yep. case of stripes because he oh. loves lima beans, and his daughter loves lima beans, so he relates to the story. I was just writing an email, an article, an email to a friend of mine today. How much I hate lima beans. I hate lima beans. Please continue. So, I hate lima yeah. beans. I'm an anti-lima so bean person. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> appreciate that. Not a, not a fan. <laughs> I appreciate the support. Thank you. Yeah, Me either. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And 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 then read works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So ReadWorks is nice because it's an online – it's also all completely online and it's free and they have stories and it's um, – they have like vocabulary and comprehension questions and writing questions to get the kids talking about it and they have quite a wide variety as well. So I'm just always looking for those, you know, free resources that are easily accessible to our teachers because um, – you know, I mean, we we do so much, and if it's easily accessible, then we can bring it into our classroom really easily. And, and you have to. You know, when I, when I was a kid, and the world, by the way, was flat when I was a kid. That's how old I am. Okay? <laughs> it, it, it was flat. It, it rounded out. As I got into uh, adolescence, it started to get rounder. 
okay? But it was flat when I was a kid. And, and you know, you didn't have this stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. It just wasn't there, okay? And you had no access to it. And your, your world was what it, what it was. And it was old black and white uh, pictures in National Geographic that opened, that opened people's eyes to what the world was like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to tell you, to, to be able to see all this, and I, I still, I'll just bring up an old memory. When I was a kid, my neighborhood in Philadelphia was so new. It was, uh, it, it, they did not have a branch library there. And it was a big deal when the bookmobile would come to town. Okay? <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and it, it's true. And, and, and then finally I get they it. Opened, yeah, you know, it, it's, and it, it's, it's seriously, we had, a, we had a walk. I lived in the city. You know, we had to walk to the next couple of neighborhoods to get to a, to a library branch. But when you realize that in, we're in a rural small town like, like Victor, like Corvallis, mm-hmm. like where I live in Cornish, mm-hmm. Maine, okay, I, 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 I'll tell you, you know, you got to open the world. You have the opportunity now to open the world to the kids. All right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to see a, a to literally see a polar bear and walking around, et cetera. You know, when I grew up in Philadelphia, they, they would take us to the zoo every year. OK, probably half the teachers would leave us at the zoo every year, but they'd actually bring us back <laughs> afterwards. But you could see you, you could see, you know, you could see these animals that you were talking about, et cetera. And it's just so important to be able to mm-hmm. let kids see this, especially young kids with their eyes are just wide open as they start to realize what a big wide world it is. It's really, it's really just cool stuff. And I tell you, rural education is not easy. Okay. And to be able to have all this stuff is just great. So I'm glad you're using all this for the kids. And thank you, Jess, for that quick overview of it. Okay. Discovery education. Okay. Now, Allison, I want you to talk about this. And and this is something that to me is very important. I said at the beginning of the show, and that is, you know, the industry works hard to create the right materials for teachers, okay? It's, it's no joke. That stuff doesn't happen accidentally. There's thousands of people who mm-hmm. create this stuff, and they got to know what's going on, okay? You can't, right. you can't not understand what's going on in K-12 education and then try to create the materials for it. And that's what a big company, like all of the companies like Discovery does, okay? In Montana, where you are based, Okay, and I'm sure you have a long ride between school districts some days. Okay, but in Montana, <laughs> we, you know, it's a big state. All right, it, it is. Montana, it is. Yeah, it, discovery. If I'm not mistaken, the discovery education experiences is, is is there for all kids in the state. You want to talk about that? Be and talk about it in a little because it, while we can say that, it's not that easy to get it into actual action to make. The, the educators understand that it's there to actually be there. So just talk about the process and how you guys got involved with Montana. And you do this in a lot of states, but Montana in particular today. Allison Nies, go ahead. Yeah. How do you your last, Allison, how do you pronounce your last name? You had it right. It's Nyes. Yep. Nice. Thank you. I yep. thought so. Okay. Yep. Yep. More than welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Yeah. The, the partnership, so last summer, um, our Montana Office of Public Instruction, which we call OPI, um, entered a partnership with Discovery Education, and they purchased experience. And they are the seventh state. There are some other states that are doing this same partnership. Yeah. We happen to be the seventh one. Um, and experience is that, you know, our learning platform that's filled with, you know, like 200,000 supplemental resources uh, that contain, like, the four core areas along with music, art, health, PE, et cetera, STEM, career, um, just full of just tons of resources. Um, And so that's where it started. And they also, the state then said, 
you know, we want to look at Dreambox Learning, and Dreambox Learning is also a product um, under the Discovery Education line. Right. And right. so, yep, that they went ahead and they said, well, yeah. yep, yeah, and they said, let's go ahead and purchase purchase that as well for all of our public schools. Um, that part of the partnership is a little bit different. Uh, they'll it'll be for the remainder of this year for our schools that are participating in our uh, Montana Alternative Student Testing Program. Um, but then next year it's going to open up to all students free um, in grades three eight um, because K twelve next year three eight this year um, because our state said you know we we need to provide some resources and how do we do yeah. that and yeah. they stepped forward and said you know these are two incredibly um, re you know wonderful resources award winning resources let's let's purchase these and so. They are offered free to our um, to all public schools in Montana. Um, the the are, second are both, piece of that, I, I think you said. I mean, you said you said Dreambox. Is, is, are they both? Let me ask it easier. Are they both K twelve or are they? They are. Okay, so they're both available full K twelve for all Good. students Thank in K twelve. Thank yep. you. Yeah, Good you're box. welcome. That's important. As part of that rollout yeah. process. You know, you were talking about the bookmobile, and I laughed because <laughs> I remember. So I I grew up in, um, like I said, I grew up in Montana, but I grew up in a very uh, rural school as well, even though I was located really close to Billings, which is obviously the largest town in Montana. Yeah. Um, my school was very small. Um, I was in a one-room schoolhouse that also had another building, but I went back and taught in that same rural district for a long time. And just finding those really? resources were, were extremely difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, rural is in my heart. I, I spend a lot of time with rural educators uh, like Jessica. Um, I do a lot with National Rural Education Association. Um, just very um, rural is just in my heart. But, yeah, I got to go back and I taught for 16 years in the same school. And of those 16 years, 13 of them were in the one-room schoolhouse. So wow. there is another building on campus, that, so it's not a, it's not there, but the original one room is sitting there um, and used to this day. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. Wait, wait i got to ask you, when you taught in the one-room schoolhouse, how many grades were there? Well, again, there was another building. Um, so, you know, the original well, one-room schoolhouse, schoolhouse, and then there's a small yeah. – yeah, well, there's there's a couple more. Um, yeah. We When I was teaching, we had anywhere – some years we'd have 55, some years we'd have 85 in the in the school – um, I taught fifth and sixth grade a combination class for a long time, um, and I there would be years we'd be very small and we'd have you know 13, <laughs> and there would be years wow. that I would have um, I would have 22 or so. Um, so it just depended on the year. Um, we it just it, it just truly it was very hard. This it, is just one of the challenges of rural schools is you just don't know how many kids you're going to have in each class because there's a lot of transition. Yeah. There's a lot of kids coming and going and. Um, I think, like, going bring this back even to Discovery Ed is, you know, bringing that world to them with with access to it is. things that are high quality. They're vetted materials and giving our kids that opportunity to do that. Uh, you were talking about being in Montana and the distances. You know, I, for me to drive, I, like you said, I'm in the very southwest corner of Montana. For me yeah. to drive to the very northeast corner of Montana is going to take me 15, 16 hours. Um, and usually that is the same distance as people are driving across multiple states, you know. Yeah. Um, and and as part of the partnership was to provide free professional development for our teachers um, across our state. And so that has been that's been my my job is to 
to get the word out and to provide professional learning. How are the teachers using it? And besides Jess, we're going to get back to Jess in just in just a few minutes. But as you travel across the state, and I'm going to mention, how are teachers using Discovery? And Jess, who wrote the article, is excellent. But again, she's a first grade teacher. Are you finding they're using it K twelve and you're using it the right way? And then you got to do professional development, show them how to do it the right way. Right. Okay. I would it's, say it's, I would say one hundred. all the resources is hard. Right. I would say 100%. It's being used K-12. Um, it also depends on the district, and I think the training and, and some of the leadership of who's, you know, supporting that in terms of their administration. Um, I think probably some of the favorites, like Jessica said, especially at our younger grades, are those fix-its. Um, our, our teachers <laughs> love them because I'm from the era of the daily oral language where you had to create the sentence and make it wrong and have the kids fix it. And this is done for them. And that that really, truly has been one of our number one resources. Um, another one of the resources in our probably K-5 has been a calendar where they've created ready-to-use activities that the teacher can pull up every single day. And it'll have, you know, on this date, you know, this happened. And there might be a video or an activity. And the students can work through that either as a whole group or individually. Um, but then I think as you start to get a little bit older, we're starting to see the virtual field trips. You know, when you're when you live in yeah. Northeast Montana yeah. and you're 60, 70, 80 miles from anything, the virtual field trips are bringing world to them. I mean, they had no idea that these careers were out there. They had no idea that they could be polar bear scientists. They could be, um, you know, walking on the edge with virtual reality. They they don't. They didn't know that, and I think having those resources out there now for these students to participate in um, are opening their world up and seeing what's out there and not just what's in their small community, um, whether it be farming or whatever. And on the flip side of that, Discovery has a ton of things on agriculture, which is bringing mm -hmm. that agriculture piece to our, yeah. our rural communities that that's viable. They, yeah. they have to have their agriculture. So I, I think those are probably – some of the top things that we're seeing in Montana, um, you know, not that we're not seeing some of the other things, but I do know that those are probably our top resources right now that our teachers love. It's, 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 it's got to be fun and fun to see this and fun to development over the course of the next few years as well, because it's just so darn important. And what you said is just so accurate. I was thinking you were saying you have to, you live in Northeastern Montana. Okay. And, and it's 70 or 80 miles to drive to the convenience store. Okay, so you got to be really, you got to be aware. You're, it's hard in rural America. It is hard. Okay, yep. You know, and to get the world to these kids and to literally see, let them see it, it's just, it's just so darn important. Jess, I want to get back to you, and I forgot to ask you. Uh, I mentioned Victor Public Schools, but you're obviously at the elementary school. Well, talk, talk about what's what's the name of your school. Talk about give, give them some school. credit. Oh, it's Victor School. It's Victor School. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we're really what a, yeah. It's wait, Victor is it Victor, wait, is, is is it Victor Elementary or just Victor School? We, I mean, you can call it Victor Elementary, Victor School. We, we, no, I mean, we call it both. The junior, is the middle school Victor Middle School? Um, I guess so. I mean, we're we're so we are pretty um, small. I mean, in our district, we have about two hundred and fifty kids. We have 250 oh, wow. kids. Wow. The whole district. Yeah. Wow. So um, like my class, I, there's only one teacher 
per grade level. And so like my class, I only have 17 students. I have a big smile on my face when I hear this sort of stuff. <laughs> I think that's cool. I, no, I really do. I, I think it's great. There's like 250 kids. Does the football, is there a football team at the high school? Describe, yeah, describe yep. all this. I love this sort of stuff. So with 250 yep. kids, they're able to put out a football team, a basketball, and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Well, for some of the impressive. teams we do, um, uh, for some of our students that like to maybe like play soccer, we don't have enough students for that, but we are able to work with other districts, and they are allowed to go and play on their teams. Wow. You know, I, I, this is the kind of stuff I love. Okay, this is the kind of stuff I love. Just make everybody making do and making things happen and all that all over the place in small districts, big ones, et cetera, et cetera. I, re- I really think it's really, really neat. Okay, I got to tell you. Talk about your experience with Discovery. Okay, and I know you, you guys are working well together. Okay, what was it like learning how to use it? Maybe use it in your old district. I don't know. But when you, when you, what was it, what was it like when you, when you started to realize the resource was there? I was yes. really excited when I saw the uh, resources available. Uh, Allison came and did a really nice uh, job providing us with the professional development, and she just really encouraged us to go and just yeah. kind of dive in. And so that's kind of what I did. And once I really dove in, I'm like, oh, my goodness, there is a ton of stuff that I can yeah, there use is. that um, – that's just made it so fun to use in my class. Like we learn a lot about communities and so, and discovery has a ton about different types of communities. And so the kids have learned about, you know, that different communities look different and, you know, and that's what makes it special. And, you know, and so it's been really, and, you know, not every community looks the same and, you know, that's okay. And, you know, that's what makes our world so special is because everybody's different and, you know, you have Good unique point. perspectives. Yep. So it's, yeah, it's every, been really kids, fun. Especially uh, kids in, in, in elementary school, this is just everywhere. They think the whole world is what they know. Okay. They're, the world <laughs> is what they see. Okay. That's the universe. All right. And it's our job to uh, kind of break down that little bubble, okay, and, and show that there's a whole world outside. They can do what they want with that information, all right? But, yeah. it's, it, you know, it, it, it's hard. It's hard, all right? And to be able – I just keep saying that, going back to the same thing, to do it just incredible. But are you finding, okay, that in, that in your rural area, okay, the, kid, the use of the ed tech resources and particularly the discovery – I want to talk about, are they increasing your sense, as you, again, first grade's hard to teach, your sense of how they're learning and engaging in literacy and all that sort of thing? You feel like they're really, besides the, the fun aspect of learning about all these things, how's their, if I may, their reading, writing, arithmetic doing? That sort of thing. They're doing really uh, amazing. I mean, my kids are just, uh, growing like weeds. They, they're, I'm just so impressed. It's, I think that's one of the best things about first grade is you see where they come in at right yeah. after kindergarten, and then you see yeah. the growth. I have never been in a grade where I've seen such a huge amount of growth, yeah. and it's so much fun. And the kids just like, like with the fix-it sentences, they're like, 
you know, they were like, oh, well, that needs an S, and oh, my goodness, Mrs. Hageman. And so, it, but not only is it, you know, engaging for them, it's fun, but then they're taking what they're learning, and then when they are, you know, helping others in the classroom, they're like, oh, don't forget, you have to have your capital. So they're taking what we're practicing and using it in, you know, our everyday stuff. So, and that's what I'm, you know, that's what's really important is, you know, we want them to have that repetition and using what I'm teaching them. So it's, uh, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, I can hear it in your voice that you you really, really enjoy it. By the way, uh, you said you only have 17 kids that you you know how many, I'll give you a funny story. When I was a kid and I was, I was a baby, I'm baby boom. All right. When, when I was a kid in fourth grade, the teacher wanted to teach U.S. geography, all right? And we, we had one teacher all day back then. This is Philadelphia Public Schools. And she decided that each of us would be a state. This, I'm going to give away my age in a minute. Each of us would be a state. And she literally ran out of states. There were 48 states. <laughs> she ran out of states. So she made one kid Hawaii and one kid, Alaska. Okay, and I still remember. I was Louisiana. I still remember, you know, so I was trying to, like, make maps, you know, using your college, your classmates, et cetera. But my point is there were 50 kids in that class. There were 50 kids in that class. Wow. All right? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. She, ran, she literally ran out of states. All right? Wow. And so... So think about how lucky you are. Oh, you can, I know how lucky I am. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I've had up to 31. I've yeah, had up exactly. to 31 in a class. And that's, so that's, so a lot, like, that's a lot. That's a lot. So try 17 to do is a dream. <laughs> yeah, try to do 50 of me. That's an even more of a horror. Okay, oh, try to my do 50 goodness. of me, you know, at, at age 9 or 10 or whatever. Okay, it, 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 it's just unbelievable. Okay, and this was with you know, the resources of the 1950s, if I may. Mm-hmm. And right. today we got, yeah, we, today we got, we have so much to deal with. And I have to ask you this, Jess, has there been any um, challenges? What, what's been the challenge with, with doing all this? Or has it all been pretty easy to get the kids so involved in it? Well, just how would you answer the challenge side of it? Uh, I would say, like, the biggest challenge is the Internet connection. And uh, ah, I know Allison can talk more go. about it yeah. because, like, if it's cloudy, it's the yeah. it's, it, the, it's the difficult. skies are not cloudy all day. Come on, we're talking about Montana, here. <laughs> and the skies are not cloudy all day. Okay, sorry. It's it, we do Don't have. Leave. No, you're fine. I won't it's, sing anymore. Don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the internet connection, like a con- inconsistent internet connection, that's not you know being um, that can be really hard. And Allison, that, I know, knows more about that than I do. Allison, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up, Broadband. Of course, Allison, your thoughts? Yeah, she's. I mean, she's right. I mean, Wi-Fi is an issue. It's not one that obviously can be solved overnight. I think, you know, in my experience working even with the National Rural Ed, that, that's an issue across the nation, you know, Wi-Fi, fiber, et cetera. Absolutely. I mean, most of our rural communities don't have fiber. Um, we're lucky fiber is coming, like it's, it's starting to roll out in our valley. Um, but, you hmm. know, we just don't have um, that access, uh, you know, that easy access that a larger districts or larger cities would have. 
I think one of the other challenges, though, that um, goes kind of along with that is just our rural communities just don't have access to high-quality material. The, the content mm-hmm. is just not there. It's not real. It's it's just not there for them. And, and I think with the Office of Public Instruction doing what they did and, you know, so basically coming to the rescue, so to speak, providing these, they've, they provided, you know, oh. dynamic digital resources for them. Um, and our teachers love it. And I know they're very thankful for it. So. As, as well they as well they should, and I got to tell you the broadband question. And I know the FCC is working on it all the time. This is this is an equity question. Okay, you yeah. cannot deprive, and we have the same challenges here. Uh, certainly more so upstate here in Maine than 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 than, than where I am. Okay, I'm more the southern part of Maine is a little more popular. It's much more populated than the northern part. Okay, and it becomes extremely rural up there. And forest covered, I might add. And um, it's an equity question. And those kids in Victor, Montana, deserve the exact same access as a kid in Philadelphia or Baltimore or Atlanta or whatever the case may be. One hundred percent. Yeah, and if we don't, if we don't give them, if we don't give them that, and that's a federal problem. But if we don't give them that, it's like TVA when we brought electricity to rural America. Okay. If we don't give them that, we are depriving not only them, we're depriving ourselves of their intelligence. Okay. Yeah. And 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 their futures, and that's that's you know whether they stay in Victor or or move on or whatever. Okay. They, whatever they're going to do. Okay. We got to make sure that they see all the option, options and that if it sounds terrible, but the, we we get the most out of them. Okay. And that's what they want to do is give everybody the most. So I think it's really really important you two are uh pretty amazing okay i gotta tell you you're working hard out i really mean it it's just great all right it's just more fun okay to talk to you and all that okay you're gonna have a great time with this okay and you get the broadband situation work it's going to be 100 percent perfect and again it's probably 90 percent there and uh, hopefully it goes down in 12th grade where they have to take a test that it goes down that's good news that's good news <laughs> Okay, speaking from a kid's point of view. Right, okay. So, yeah, this is great. Jess, thank you so much. Continued good fortune out there. Just keep enjoying it like you're doing. It's a good place to be. Sounds beautiful. And Allison, thank you. Allison, south of Jessica. That's what that's the map will say. Allison, south of Jessica. (laughs) Just just south. Yep, just south. Good, good. I learned this in the Bitterroot Valley. The Bitterroot Valley. That's correct. South of, south of Missoula. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Enjoy Big Sky. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for oh, your time, Larry. You. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure indeed. Thank you for yours. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Great educators. Great folks. I love doing these kind of shows. This is great. So it's like in the trenches these days, gang, in rural America, Victor, Montana. I love it. We're going to archive archive.org. Check it all out. Good stuff over there. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Allison. My name is Larry Jacobs, and everybody have a good day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.